0: The Brothers Wisps, the Brothers Wisps, Brothers Wisps, the Brothers Wisps, the Brothers Whisp. You're Whisp. now listening to Greg, it's the Brothers Wisps. Hey everybody, a welcome to, to the Brothers Wisps number 148. I am Greg Soul, and I am coming out of the motherland, Texas, College Station, Texas to be exact. And uh, I've only been here like half of the month, so uh, it feels great to actually be back in person in my own home i uh it was weird today i had to like keep telling myself hey you get to stay at home for a little while um and i hope presumably for the rest of the year as well but we have a brand new face which i always enjoy having new faces in here today we have andrew horton hi there you go you have to say hello to the people so they know what your voice is like (laughs) can can you you can hear me in here i'd imagine yeah absolutely so where are you uh where
1: are you out of andrew I'm over here in Kingston, Washington, tiny little town, small little area in the Pacific Northwest, and it's a little cold today, and that's just kind of how it works. And rainy. not not I can't tell now because it's dark. I mean, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah, I like it. I call it liquid sunshine. I find it very therapeutic. <laughs> I mean, I'll go to the beach when it's raining. I don't, I live here. I grew up here, so it's,
0: you know, it's home to me. It's I'm all not, the same. You, yeah. such a, I, you know what? It's weird. Uh, rain is really calming for me. Like I just like some people, I guess it like kind of uh, drags their mood down or whatever, but it just kind of chills me out. I I enjoy it. Yeah. But having said that, we don't get that much rain in Texas traditionally. Um, the last couple of years, uh, thanks to global warming, we get more. But uh, usually it's pretty dry. So maybe that's why, like, because it's an every now and then kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not going to overthink it. We also have Mikey Hammett from Chicagoland.
2: I was trying not to say it but that didn't everything else so
0: hey how's it going (laughs) it almost slipped out anyway so there you are oh my goodness all right well let's uh let's get some of the uh the vegetables out of the way so we can get to dessert uh we have a new the way so we can get to dessert uh we have a new patron actually just joined up today Stephen Lapage. Lapage, perhaps i'm not sure how he wants to pronounce it i think the second way is uh definitely the uh the way to go but uh he went to patreon.com forward slash your brothers whist. he uh slid into our dms is that what you do on there no he clicked the button and uh joined our patronage and got access to the patron only slack where um a lot of great discourse happens in there andrew was just talking about how uh it's nice to have smart guys that you can just ask questions to you don't have to and i was basically saying that it's like um It's like having uh, navigation on my phone nowadays is making me, uh, it's just like dumbed down the navigation portion of my brain. Now the Slack is dumbed down the technical portion because I don't actually have to know anything anymore. I can just ask you guys and you'll answer all the questions for me. So uh, jump over there and do the thing. We also have a couple of sponsors. So we are brought to you by building an operational support system. You want to check them out by popping over to sonar.software. We also have Tower Coverage, it's towercoverage.com. Tower Coverage is your RF propagation system to empower your network. Real-time data metrics enable your coverage area, reaching your customer base, and more. The industry's best RF propagation mapping system allows website integration for customer sign-up and pre-qualification. Use this data to scientifically plan network expansion and help your WIS succeed. Get a free trial today at towercoverage.com. All right. So. I added almost nothing to the list, so thankfully uh, these two fine gentlemen were kind enough to put some stuff in there. I really have been just kind of blowing and going this week. I guess uh, to give a quick update, I uh, last week, Monday, I flew out, went to Oklahoma, of all places. Uh, actually ate at some really nice restaurants. I got to meet most of uh, my Red Hat people for the first Everybody else was brand new to me on New Faces. I, you know, it's so weird. Uh, seeing all those uh 2D individuals in 3D uh for the first time, yeah. kind of faces to names, and
1: it, it uh, is a weird feeling. It's it's something I've done a lot of my career where I'm like, oh, oh, and you know, it's yeah, it's awkward for yeah. It's a real person. <laughs> wow, you're real. Okay, cool. And you've been, you know, a decade working with them, you're like, a real person, and you know, move on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for me, um. Uh, like so we also so I flew from there to a summit event and at that thing a lot of people were walking up and introducing themselves I was like oh okay um would you mind just pulling your mask down for a second and they would do that and they're like (laughs) oh okay I know who you are now yeah Yeah. because it's just like it wasn't it wasn't clicking because I've just I've I have not bothered to remember names because I'm just everybody's a little square and it's got their name on there so now I was like faced with them you know right here like Fine. So because i've just i've i have not bothered to remember names because i'm just everybody's a little square and it's got their name on there so now i was like faced with yeah. them you know right here like five feet apart and so i had to start yeah. learning names so it was good it was, it was i've actually retained most of them i think
1: yeah I've, I've found it kind of awkward i went to a marketing event recently and you know I've got to put my suit coat on and everything and it's like it's just kind of weird seeing people. It's very surreal. I'm like, I know it's the thing. You just kind of sit there quietly and if you have any questions? I'm like,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, what? I'm paying attention. Just, you know. <laughs> Enjoying other humans. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So I, um, I had a really great time uh, like going to eat with my team and actually like just getting to uh, swap war stories and stuff. I mean, you know, just that, you know, the whole experience of, you know, being together with cool. other people. It was really cool. And then, being in front of the customer was amazing. So this is the first experience. Like I've been doing workshops over Zoom and stuff like that to like 30 black squares, you know, because nobody turns on their camera and whatever. Um, I used to be just as guilty of it until I was on the receiving end of that. So I try and always keep my camera on and stuff like that. But um, physically seeing those faces, the interaction, uh, it was really awesome. So we were doing a hackathon. And so first things first, we uh, did kind of a day of workshops which was a lot of fun. I was basically just, uh, I don't know, vamping, cracking wise, just working the crowd. It was just so much fun. And then we did the hackathon the next day and we actually got some stuff that they were like chucking into production like towards the end of the day. So it was just, I don't know, um, exhilarating, I think is the best word for it. Just, I don't know, to get in there and perform in front of a live uh, public audience there, you know, it was just... It was different, and I really it's enjoyed it. It's
1: very and, and awkward. I remember at one point in my career where I actually had to learn to talk to a teleprompter. In awkward, I remember at one point in my career where I actually had to learn to talk to a teleprompter. It's the most awkward thing ever, and, you know, That's I don't just, think I'll do it That sounds again. awkward. <laughs> it was very awkward, but, like, you know, you, you do what you got to do to make your client happy, and, you know. But yeah. I, I re- I'd rather play ISP than do that, so just put it that way.
0: I get, <laughs> to, I get to do the teleprompter thing at... um. LinkedIn Learning for, like, my very first courses. And it is so difficult for me to, like, read very much without screwing up. I had to do it over and over. And eventually they just gave up and, like, cut video in between all of my (laughs) screw-ups. So that was awesome. And half the time I was squinting because they, like, didn't want me to wear my glasses because of the glare. So I was uh, trying to to get my way through it. I was also kind of, like, running out of breath. I don't know what was wrong. Anyway, it's not like I went up a flight of stairs or anything. Uh, Let's see. Let's (laughs) – yeah 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 so let's get to the uh the stuff nobody wants to hear about me just running around having fun email related shenanigans uh that recently gone around and actually surprisingly enough uh several guys inside of uh, the the slack channel actually saw this and i i know it was on the um Wistalk. Uh, Facebook group, I know it's been, I think it was even on Nano, it's been bouncing around everywhere, but there was uh, a bomb threat being sent through, I don't know why I laughed at that, you know, it's a serious matter, uh, but it was like kind of this really poorly written email saying that they've placed bombs in your data center and they're going to blow them up or whatever, and it's, they were sourced, you know, they were saying that like you had to send money to Frantech or something like that, and apparently they were uh, just uh, a target of a smear campaign, at least that's what Frantech is saying. Uh, But I I saw that like a couple of people like had to take it serious and they like had to evacuate their facilities and all kinds of stuff. So that super sucks. But uh, Mikey, didn't you say, I think it was you who said that they scraped like um, they scraped it. What was it that they, they pulled it from?
2: Was it Uh, period or something? uh, For the bomb threat, uh, bomb threats, I don't remember. Um, One of the, a, a couple of these other ones I, I recall, but that one I don't remember for sure.
0: And I, what I was just wondering is how effective of a smear campaign is that? That seemed like so pointless. Because I mean, one almost everybody was laughing at it that it was just ridiculous. And then as soon as, you know, the collaborative information started coming together, everybody realized that it was a hoax. So, like, what did they think was going to happen from that? All it did was give them free advertising. Seems
2: like. It, it uh well people that do this aren't smart i mean <laughs> they're really thinking it through you mean <laughs> i mean they're smart in some ways but yeah you know thinking it through is not is not one of their strong points um you know as one of their strong points um you know as uh you know as some of these other email campaigns kind of show you know there was one that was um where somebody took advantage of a bad uh uh html form on an fbi site and was sending out uh emails from the fbi um to i believe they scraped it from uh aaron's database um and it was like so like the email was actually sourced from an FBI server, so right. so yeah, none of your traditional spam, you know, anti spam things would have really caught it, um, other than you know based on content and, um, in the content, like they didn't like there was no links anywhere. They didn't tell you to go do anything. It was just like thing. It was just like like it was a. Um, if I recall correctly, it was a. You know poorly written email as well but it was like you you compromised sort of i mean you know an fbi system and all you did was send out bad emails that didn't have any you know call to action like you know wasted opportunity um you know you actually could, you do, could have done something do it. with it <laughs> but yeah i mean you know, you know you know most of the punishments the same you know if there is one so just just do it, and maybe get something out of it um well, what would you recommend they do next time? <laughs> um,
0: I don't know that I can publicly say anything um <laughs> you don't want anything coming good. back I get oh well, you just, just don't wanna cool let the, you don't wanna spoil the surprise I get it
2: it's, uh, well but it, it's just you know you get spam all the time with cons people are running um um, but you know other spam we've gotten recently. Um, I got a bunch, and as I started asking around a bunch of other uh, a bunch of other guys got him as well
0: I think we lost Mikey there. He finally gave up the ghost. Oh such is life
2: oh that uh yeah i, I dropped two packets um'
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, a heck of a uh, lot more than two, sir. <laughs>
2: I've got ping uh a um a um constant ping going uh only two of them dropped so I don't know what else happened maybe there's <laughs> going on um but um someone was just scraped uh or did like s- sales and support type emails uh sent out a bunch of them that said your network sucks uh it was because you're not running ipv6 um I asked, uh, Nick B if, if he was behind that. And, uh, unfortunately he was not. <laughs> uh, uh wow. yeah, no, yeah.
0: Not that he would admit to it. Cause again, this okay. was all the fun. <laughs> yeah. It, um,
2: Cause again, this was okay. all the fun. <laughs> yeah. It, um, well, oh, I guess there's one more email, um, thing that happened. Um, there was i'm not quite sure what the common point was but there was a bunch of groups sending emails uh i'm not sure what the target lists were um trash talking each other more or less um yeah somebody was saying you know go to this IRC server channel this Someone else was saying, you know, slash r slash home lab sucks. Somebody was saying, you know, Betty's not a good security expert. Like just, just groups of people arguing with each other via the world's you know, email accounts, and they were just going to all kinds of crap. I mean, I got, I would say across all the different companies I'm affiliated with, I probably got no less than two thousand of those emails. Um, of just. People arguing with each other. Um, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's just like why does the world need to know this again? There was no call to action that actually got these people anything out of it. It was just. Compromised email servers and. Doing. Weird stuff. Maybe they have nothing better to do. <laughs> I, maybe maybe maybe. um but it just seems like you know there's at least four different email campaigns lately that happened that don't really make a lot of the dying uh
0: the dying art I should say
2: yeah it uh you know I guess uh well well I guess maybe you know if you had called the actions in there maybe that would trip some of the uh anti-spam filters and be more likely to get caught. You know, if you've got links to tiny URL sites or something like that, uh, you know, all the things that you would normally use to, you know, obfuscate who you are. They may be, miss why they didn't include them because they just wanted to be annoying. They didn't actually want anything out of it.
0: Just want to be a nuisance. They get it.
2: But they were successful. Hmm.
0: So I'm. I seriously doubt we've seen the last of that stuff, and uh, it'll obviously keep going. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I think it was. It was on one of the lists, and somebody was saying that about the something that stuck out to me with a frantic email. They were saying that about the something that stuck out to me with a frantic email. They were like, one person was maybe it was on the Reddit post or whatever. This one guy was saying, yeah, it's so ridiculous. We just completely ignored it. This other guy's like we have a policy in place. We can't ignore it. And he's like, what? He goes, yeah, I live in Ireland. So I was like, oh, yeah, that actually does kind of make sense. As you know, though uh, they have a little bit of a history with that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's as uh, benign as it may seem, like for some people, I guess it triggers some um, warning bells that they just can't ignore. So that super sucks for those folks. Anyway, that's all I know about that. Uh, something else I noticed: somebody posted it with the uh, the cry emoji. Uh, there is a Microtick forum post, and they were talking about zero tier, and they're like, "Hey, is this ever going to come to MIPS BE or maybe the CHR stuff?" And uh, Microtick says, "Like for now." And uh, Microtick says, "Like for now." Or I I can go in there and look, but they basically said uh, right now it's only supported on the ARM. And I guess that's because they have a package they could just chuck on and not have to think about it. But what did he say? We can only do it for ARM systems. No plans for MIPS now. So they're saying it's not even on the roadmap. And they never even responded to the CHR question, which to me, CHR seems like one of the first ones you'd put it on as well, right? Like the, the ARM thing makes sense. But then your CHR could be like your aggregator for some of that stuff, like kind of in data center systems or, you know. People are using it in the high performance kit, but maybe they say no plans uh, for MIPS, which to me, I mean, there's a lot of their infrastructure is running on that. Although a lot of the new kit really is focusing on the arm, the stuff that's pushing a few more packets. So I don't know. Maybe that doesn't bother me as much as I was thinking it would. But I I would like to see it on CHR because I do use the CHR stuff. Do you feel like uh, this is going to bite you guys? no um actually i had this exact same issue
1: trying to deploy to a client because we can't use you have to use open vpn does not work with microtech over udp
0: oh yeah it's tcp only
1: yeah Yeah. so um i ended up going with Sophos because that worked
0: Mm. i did the trick i did the trick yeah i would like um i've only run (laughs) into really wanting are maybe not wanting, really needing the UDP um, OpenVPN a couple of times, right? Like you get um, higher throughput. That's one of the main things, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I have a lot of clients who use it. They're um, lawyers, real estate people, developers. They need to access to their files at the server, but it works really well for the time
0: being. I until something
1: it. else comes out.
0: I know like uh, Nick A and Nick B are both big advocates of zero tier, so. I'm sure um, many a tear will be shed over this or this. Uh, Although, I don't know. I I know, well, Nick Arolano for sure is going to be upset about that because he likes to use that stuff everywhere. And he wants to deploy it on every piece of kit so that it comes back for his management plate and He wants to have it all accessible through there. So the fact that he's not going to be able to, I'm sure, burns him a bit, at least. Um, for now, they say no plans for MIPS. That doesn't mean it won't make it to the roadmap at some point as this stuff gets. You know what? It could be uh, because Zero Tier is version 7 only, and since there was an ARM package, it was easy to slide in there, and so maybe they're f- focusing on other uh, v7 features before they bother with that, right? Like get get the meat and potatoes out before you start messing with the garnish and stuff like yeah. that. Maybe maybe it's one of those things. So. I would be curious to see how that goes. Something else I noticed, uh, somebody else posted. It might have been, mm, it might have been Andrew Thrift, I think, that put it in there. But it's this Labs of Latvia website, and it's talking about MicroTik. and they had a little bit of a breakdown of uh, their customers, like their revenue and stuff like that. Where do different portions come from? And it actually said that the U.S is the largest market for microtik. And I was just looking at some of the other numbers and we're the largest. Like if you compare us to other markets, we're generally double what the other markets are producing, which really surprised me because we've always traditionally thought of like you know, we're like, you know, basically in general, whenever you're talking about microtik wireless like the outdoor stuff, you're like, oh, they're not making it for the US market. Um so it's not the wireless, you know, the outdoor wireless stuff it's getting on that margin. It's gotta be uh, routers, wireless wires, uh, maybe HAP stuff. It's definitely switches because um, I see a lot of people deploying those nowadays, but then the higher end routing. It just, that really surprised me. I figured we were going to be a lot of people deploying those nowadays, but then the higher end routing, it just, that really surprised me. I figured we were going to be, you know, Somewhere one of the like...
1: LTE antennas, and they work really well. They're about 179 bucks US, so they're a little pricey, but I can get a hundred by about sixty at most cell sites. So it's great for backup.
0: That's nice, and that's uh, the. Did you say the WAP LTE or something else, or what are you looking at?
1: Yeah, it's, it's the LTE six
0: kit from Microtech, but I don't know exactly. It's the only one I've tried. Okay, so don't they have, so like the WAP is like the, the WAP form factor, so really, it looks like a big pill. Mm-hmm. And then they have the ones that are, they have like the dish-based one, right, mine's for long-distance Mine's
1: stuff. the parabolic dish, the actual dish. Oh, okay, dish. Yeah.
0: so I haven't used any of those, but that's supposed to be good for long-range, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but they're only going like, you know, 3,000 feet, it's not very far.
0: Okay, just higher gain, more throughput. Yeah, right? yeah, Rock and roll. So it, it is effective. I haven't used one. I've only ever out of band management. So I think they would um, ask me questions if I like mounted a big <laughs> dish inside. Doing on a wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But normally I get enough signal like with mm-hmm. just the WAP LTE or whatever to um, to get it to stay up. Occasionally it'll flap. Usually when I'm inside of a building, it'll flap at least once a day. But I mean, what do I really care? You know, if I'm just SSHing in through like it or whatever,
1: backup, it's all it's for. It's like yeah. something crashed. Can't get in. Why the fiber go down? Cool. We're still online.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So yeah, were you, uh, were you surprised by that number, Mikey?
2: I don't, I don't know. Um, Cause I've, I've kind of taken a devil's advocate approach to that. You know, people for years have been saying, you know, A lot of microtech products are targeted for the, you know, uh, more cost-sensitive markets, and that's why they don't, uh, more cost-sensitive markets, and that's why they don't usually have the kind of things that we're looking for, because they would push the products uh, to a price point that their main markets wouldn't accept. And my counter, to that was always, well, look at the CCR series, that That's, you know, compared to, you know, that's not a, you know, a, you know, emerging market product. Um, And so I was kind of looking through here at the, at their wireless systems products page, looking at, you know, you know, LHG2, LHG5, and so on. And, you know, all the different integrated CPE they have. And yeah, it's like, they're all under $100 an item. One of them, this LHG uh 2 is only $58 list list price $58 you compare that to your entry level CCR you know 2000s are 20 times that in price um and working your way up the CCR line you know your uh 1072 is 50 times that so it's like, okay, yeah, you deploy a lot of CPE, not too many, you know, big core routers. But the big core routers are much, much, much more expensive than the CPE. And mm-hmm. we're not deploying the CPE. We're deploying, you know, most WISPs that I know are running MicroTik routers or, you know, and so you've got each item you sell is 20, 30, 40, 50 times more expensive it doesn't take long to be in the higher dollar game
0: yeah and i assume too like the stuff we're using as like a tower router is going to be like a core route low in some of those areas that yeah just something that's small and insignificant to us is probably fairly substantial to them
2: and um and so it's uh and so but like what i drew from that though wasn't so much i mean um, I would like to see more information come out because they listed I don't know, half dozen countries dozen mm-hmm. countries in there, something like that. Um, be like nice to see where we break down compared to more, more alternatives, but, um, some probably incorrect conclusions that I did draw, though, um, is a comparison to ubiquity. Um, so Ubiquity has then four times the annual revenue as Microtech. Uh, Ubiquiti has then four times the annual revenue as Microtech, um, which actually I thought it was going to be much worse than that. Um, so it just kind of you know, goes to show that a lot of Ubiquity's, uh you know, flares just flares not so much substance. Um but then taking the market cap of ubiquity, uh I think it was uh, like a sixteen billion dollar company. That took my ticket being a four billion dollar company. Now I know it's not as flashy, so that's probably why, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't translate the same, but it's like, oh, that's a hell of a bigger than I thought it'd be
0: yeah and what did they say like in that article this was like the rev i didn't know if it was it revenue or profit this year that's a pretty substantial increase on either one no matter which one you're looking at that's still pretty substantial
2: yeah that um and um i think it was revenue but yeah it's uh it's kind of interesting seeing how um how uh uh, me, I guess what the rest of my sentence was going to be. I don't remember. I just lost it. I read <laughs> something on my screen and totally lost what I was going to say.
0: Well, it also, you know, thinking about that, it makes me wonder if we have, you know, a sizable chunk of the market. Obviously, it's not like just so much bigger than everybody else's. Does that mean we have a little bit more say, a little bit more pull into uh, what makes it into the product lines? I wonder, you know, are they going to. Build a little bit more towards the U.S. market. And it sounds like they're already doing that, right? Like the switches we've been begging for for ages are finally here. Um, they're uh, teasing uh, teasing the hundred gig interface stuff, mm-hmm. which you know I, I doubt you know those uh, those really small markets have any interest in that kind of infrastructure. My but
1: uh, certainly wholesaler,
0: my wholesaler, whose name I won't say.
1: Uh, locally is building a warehouse and they're going to become a, a very large Microtech distributor
0: Interesting
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, okay and that's all I know
0: so far. <laughs> Well, it's convenient it's convenient having yeah. that stuff close. so like ISP yeah. supplies is quite literally like 13 minutes from my house so I wow. can always just go and pick up product really quick These guys uh, so are a couple in-
1: hours, but it's a fun drive so why not
0: <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man yeah, well, I, it would, ironically, I need product far less now than I did before. And uh, now they've got, I think they just double the size of their warehouse and everything over here. So uh, it would have been convenient for me. But uh, uh, also with all, so with all the shortages and stuff, you know, there's going to be a lot of empty shelves, I too. <laughs> Hopefully that gets rectified really soon. But yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, um, are we going to see more product that kind of speaks to the U.S. market or... Uh, you know the the things that we scream the loudest about are those going to get I addressed so. a little bit quicker, hopefully.
1: I, I think we will. Yeah. I think as more ISPs come online, I think that's going to drive the last mile end user market on.
2: Well, how do I hook up? How do I get online? Yeah. It it um and um I bet you know kind of tangenting off of that, Greg. Uh, I bet that the um international people are just loving that. They're like, oh, great. Just, just what the Americans need. They need more confidence that their opinion matters.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. We already knew it mattered. This is just confirmation. That's all this is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, uh, up, uh, Cambium's financials for last year, and looks like, uh, Microtik is about a third bigger than Cambium in terms of revenue. Mm. Is that a surprise to you? um yeah actually it is um because cambium has lots of expensive stuff um expensive but like but like not like you know oh you know ferraris are expensive but nobody has one or you buy just a couple like the people i know that have cambium you know they're the biggest swifts in the area with the expensive equipment because that's how you know Traditionally, you could only become a Big Wisp if you used Cambium. Um, so it is kind of shocking. Uh, to see that they that Microtik is ahead of them. You know, but you know, Cambium has no routers and they're just getting into switches. So that's 278 million wireless. So I don't know, it is interesting.
0: Mm. Interesting, interesting. Alright, well, while we're talking about hardware somebody was playing with uh, OpenVPN open VPN on Grandstream
2: who was that <laughs> um so i've got a problem where uh i have resellers of my VoIP service that are deploying them in such a way that um i don't know what they're doing but uh they're they're connections break down. Um, you know, where they just can't get through to us. I don't know if they're doing something funky on their routers with uh, you know, NAT helpers or what, but I'm I'm getting crap on my side. So I was like, okay, well, let's look at these grand streams. They say they have open VPN support. So let's get that going. Having never used open VPN before. Um so on my Proxmox, well actually uh uh, my other guy Glenn, he did it first, but. Uh, uh, I was working with then. Uh, There's a template on there called uh, like turnkey open VPN. Um, seemed pretty self explanatory, but. They didn't provide the information that the Grandstream was asking for. You know, they just, you know, here's a file loaded into the client. Well, Grandstream doesn't work that way and it wasn't obvious what some of the information was. Um. So then they go, like, well screw it, we'll get rid of that VM, let's turn up uh, the official OpenVPN, you know, server installations. And um, that, you know, there's still one piece of information that country masks for that I don't know where it comes from. Um, but that, you know, there's still, there's still one piece of information that country masks for that I don't know where it comes from. Um, but a lot of shortcomings in the grand stream approach that they don't really. So logging is terrible. Um, there's no on board logging. It sends it all to syslog. So I spend a couple days turning up syslog servers. Why I say a couple days is because everything we had so far was all meant for things in house, not out of house. So then put ips and then their ip changes on the other side so you only get half the log or or whatnot uh so running through that and then i I say well let's look yeah let's look at something brand new syslog server okay well this comes through you know it's a nice GUI, i guess in security onion i've heard of that let's let's deploy security onion for syslogging. kibana is a terra tool to get down in there and actually dig into what's going on because <laughs> you've got four screens worth of junk before you see what the message is and it's entirely possible that I don't know what the <laughs> hell I'm doing but that means it's a terrible tool for me because I don't know like I I couldn't easily figure out what the logs were so then I deployed something else um, gray log and that was much 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 easier to see what the logs were um, which was only as useful as as far uh, as Grandstream, they don't really do anything in the logs regarding VPN. Um, like I searched VPN, just the three letters, show me all VPN-related syslog messages, and I would get one from the last time it rebooted, saying VPN in it. That's it. So I don't know what it's doing. And when I put the setting, you know, all the settings and things into the uh, web interface and hit apply, <laughs> they all go away. Um, now, it could be because they're passwords and, you know, uh, you know, cer- cer- certificate keys and stuff. But there's no indication that I have something saved. So I don't know if the unit is saving the information that I'm putting into it. I did do an export. Some of it was there. but it was not. By the way, the config exports are junk because they they like there's not a a field that says you know syslog server equals blah. It's just some seemingly random numbers or letters indicating something that no one outside of Grand Sheep understands. So all I could do was just do a diff. What changed from a completely blank installation to an installation where I just added this information? Okay. So the server's entered. There's a username entered. do not know the rest. So I was giving up and just telling them <laughs> we're not going to support it. Um I was like, no, we're not do-. Well, because... I mean, uh, ultimately, they are trying to do fax, and the fax wasn't working. The so fax over the Internet's bad enough. We couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, you know, we're just Did not going to you ever do think
1: it. about doing a packet capture
2: on their end? Um, I uh so i did a packet capture um just before i got mad (laughs) enough to say yeah yeah. i'm done so so like i i have it i loaded it and then i'm like you know what i spent too much time on this i'm not going to make any money back for the time that i've spent we're just going to stop doing it um (laughs) and so instead what we're going to do is we're just going to pursue a uh, resale um, agreement with the uh, telcos and just install an actual POTS line if they need to fax. Never got to about it again. Because um, oh, I see so many people trying to skin the cat so many ways for, for fax over internet and it almost always fails um, in some way, shape, or form. You know, you may run a few test faxes through. It works great. And then someone tries to send like I... Transitioned doctors about five years ago, and I asked for my medical records to be transferred to the new doctor. Like six months later, they didn't have it, and so I went back to the old doctor. Figure what was going on, and they, and I don't remember everything they said, but what I took out of it was that they were faxing it. <laughs> faxing? You're faxing 35 years of medical history to somebody else i can't imagine how large that fax is but it's probably going to fail if you're doing it over ip <laughs> so i like and again it's not that i there's not, not that there's not a way to solve the problem it's hard it's to solve. how much time and effort do i put in to solve the problem and like you know like i've seen boxes where people do it over consumer grade uh satellite so that sounds like a great technical solution but then there was something else wrong with it like the company had bad support or something else didn't work right and so it's like well i can't do that either so i was like you know what just 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 get a a copper pots line installed we'll sell you everything else we'll sell you the pbx's and this and this and this and we'll sell you a pots line from at&t just so that i just the return on the investment for me I just don't want to deal with it anymore just no more now on that on that okay, on that we do fax over IP with Grandstream with zone with other stuff but it's all on that it's all you know we put it onto its own VLAN um, you know give it you know voice prioritization it, it and everything works great because there's no net there's no congestion there's no, no nothing there's no jitter, there's right. no it just it just works off net i mean you know that's
0: um the internet's best effort and you can't always predict what uh what's going to happen to that stuff or what you know what their i don't know what their queuing policy will do to the packets or anything like that you know it's it's yeah i get it i, I went I've to heard, a company i've heard to people do, do nothing phone, but complain phone. about fax over ip yeah. fax is
1: really difficult i i went to a company to do my faxes for my clients and it works out for them they're happy
2: It's um, like you know, like like you know, I thought about you know some of these you know eFax solutions, but there will be customers that eFax isn't good enough. You've got to have the original, you know, you you know you have to have the old school fax machine. This I'm like, so I, I'm not gonna do an eighty-five percent. I'm not gonna do well. We'll use this sometimes, and then still have the same problem for the guy that has to do. So I like, you know what? No, we're just gonna we're, we're just gonna get pot. You know, I don't care if I even lose money on each one that I sell because the time invested in fig- in making a solution work is yeah just not worth it and then
1: documenting it so you can fix it later when it breaks
0: <laughs> you know it's funny yeah. um it makes me think of uh, so on the the plane back from Chicago a couple of days ago I, I had some um some episodes of Seinfeld
2: Chicago Chicago I came I to Chicago, Chicago.
0: <laughs> I flew into Chicago uh, met with my team, and then the next morning I did the event, and then I was with my team, and then I left at, like, ass crack early in the morning. So it was like, go, 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 go. I didn't want to, I mean, I, I, there's, I know a couple of people up there, I didn't get to see anybody because I was just, it was like 100 miles an hour flat out the whole time, and then get the, you know, pull the pin on a grenade, throw it down, and then get the heck out of there. So don't feel bad.
2: <laughs> now I say that, but I've... I've... I listen to a voicemail from Tom Smith. He called me the other day, and I've been too
0: busy to call <laughs> him back. So. Anyway, so I was listening to an episode of uh, – or not listening. I was watching an episode of Seinfeld, and it was the one where, like, Elaine's dating this guy who, um, uh, like, gets furniture from Carl Fardman or whatever. And so, Jerry, what's your fax number? I'll uh, I'll have a, have my office send a copy. And Elaine goes, he doesn't have a fax machine. Sorry. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh. That was, like, the, the new hotness, the height of technology uh in whatever it was like 1997 when this episode came out and here we are just trying to cobble together a solution to make that ancient technology continue to function
2: yeah yeah uh, and the thing is like you know if the grandstream op- openvpn worked fine or easily oh quick tangent off of that so I'll go to the grandstream forum see how how you make this work and in the category for the atas there was two posts that mentioned openvpn Um, i was the third Um, one of them was a feature request please add openvpn support and one of them was a a, um, change log saying we've added this functionality to openvpn so there's mine saying how do you make this work um and then i haven't read it all but then there was some uh passive aggressive engine coming back from the other side <laughs> um one of the comments was you know why don't you go seek your nearest professional if you can't figure out how to make this work and I'm just like really i haven't responded but it's just if I've explained to you all the things that I did, including doing the config files, I'm not a slouch. <laughs> the product just sucks. Um, you know, i even asked, hey, do any of the other products use the same software and have a similar UI so that I can maybe use their... No, they're like, go find a professional. but okay, all right, I will throw this in the garbage.
1: Clearly they are not the professionals. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like, you, know, yeah, you because know, you let me know. oh, you he did hey, he did. it was
0: my turn to stop working.
2: <laughs> I was just like I was gonna say like Greg soul left like that that's a difficult. so um this is the recording. Okay, still happening. Do you know? No, the recording on my
0: machine is, and I just told Skype to start recording again. Okay.
2: All right. Um. So I'm not sure how much of that you got, but yeah, someone said I'm not professional, and uh, <laughs> or not a professional because I don't know the nuances of a product that's poorly documented. Oh, oh. Speaking of poor documentation. See, this is what happens i'm gone from the show like i've been on the show what like three times the past six months um because i've been busy i get lots of complaining in when i'm on um grand stream documentation blows <laughs> um you open up the admin guide it's uh 70 80 pages and all they do is just you know they take you know, here's one column that has the, you know, this is what you're looking at. And then the next column is supposed to be the explanation. Only it's just a copy and paste of what the field name was. It's just like, you know, OpenVPN username. This is the username for OpenVPN. (laughs) Really? But, like, that's self-explanatory, but you get into the complicated things, and, like, that's all the detail you get. It's just, oh, you want to know what... You know, unicorn, uh, you know, horns are. Well, that's a unicorn horn. Uh, One useful thing, though, I didn't see many places, is they'll tell you the maximum number of characters. They'll say, you know, maximum 27 characters in this field. So that's nice. But the documentation is useless to tell you what's a required field. What's not a required field? I don't know. Anyway, we should probably move on from Grandstream because I'll yeah, be, yeah, <laughs> you've beat them to a pulp. I'll probably complain the rest of the night about them. Okay.
1: <laughs> it was a great product back in the
2: day. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, I and mean, I went with it because uh, lots of people suggested it, and I remembered it from back in the day, and I was like, okay, well, if it still has legs, it uh, must be all right. But apparently, with the decline of um, of, you know, what would I say? Um, you know, residential third party VoIP or think, or you know, bring VoIP to your own system type thing, you know, where ATAs would be useful. Looks like they just stopped developing useful things for ATAs because the market demand for them has dropped. You know, 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they were the hotness. Now it's like, what do you need that for? Hmm. Just just get an a you know decked cordless phone with IP built in or a desk phone with SIP or stop using S one at all and just use our Windows client or our Android client or whatever. Um Yeah, so I guess you know, being an ATA uh manufacturer, it's not as glorious as it used to be. For some value of glory, I guess. Yeah.
0: I'm, st- I'm still successfully using a grand stream or two here or there, but I, again, I'm not doing anything advanced. I'm not trying to use OpenVPN or anything crazy. I'm just connecting to a SIP provider. It's done. Like, that's it. Just go. So, yeah. yeah I or pick
2: up the phone and it works.
0: I'm yeah. For there. that, it seems to be fine. I guess I haven't skewed yeah, much but, from the path. So,
2: yeah. It's a, yeah, you know, as I said, know, we've got several of them. We're like, you know, we've got clients that, you know, they don't want an IP PBX or they, you know, and so they, you know, they just want POTS lines delivered. And so, you know, we can only get four on our ONTs. So we go drop in, you know, you know, you know, you drop in an eight port grand stream to get them the rest of the count that they need. Well, I could get a higher port count ont but uh it goes from like 300 dollars to like 2700 dollars. and i'm like nope i'll just buy a bunch of grand streams thank you <laughs> um because then when they're on net and not doing fax they work fine
0: work fine. what are they using them for if for just the uh the regular on net stuff would that be like in somebody's office they want just like a regular wireless phone or something like that
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's like one got a MyTel PBX recently, but then their old provider didn't do SIP, so they didn't get the SIP module or something. So now they're stuck with a a PBX that has the same technology as an old Meridian phone from the 80s. um, But they are paying, you know, but they just paid for it, so they don't want to get a new one. Uh, So we just. All right, here's a bunch of pots lines, and they're happy with it. Right. So as long as they're happy and they paid their bill, I'm also happy. Right,
0: fair enough. All right, well let's beat something else to death. How about the uh, the smart thermostat line voltage thing? What's that about? Well, uh, I'm
2: working in my house, <laughs> um, um, and um, I have Nest thermostats running um for the you know the regular furnace and stuff but um in the basement for auxiliary heat uh there's a bunch of baseboards and we're still using the same baseboards and the same thermostats from when the house was built 45 years ago and uh say well upstairs it's pretty intelligent uh what can we do downstairs but the problem is is that most smart thermostats are not rated for line voltage, meaning 120 or 240 volt. They're just running off of, uh, I think, 24 volt is what the standard thermostat is. So then your market for a thermostat really dwindles down. Um, And uh, so I found one. uh, Well, I found one, and then someone, uh, someone else in our Slack actually sent me one as well. Um, but now it's going to get complicated because they're in the basement we don't go to the basement very often right now Um, but most smart thermostats if they have some sort of home or away presence type you know functionality it's for the home as a whole well I don't go to the basement often so I don't want them doing things when I'm not home because i'm not even or you know if i'm home but not downstairs so now i gotta try to figure out how to tie in some sort of presence sensor that um that tells it to you know if no one's in the room don't do anything but if somebody is in the room then do whatever you would normally do um so i got a bit of a project in front of me i guess uh if anyone has worked with that but let, let me know
0: mm, fair enough all right how about the cn maestro serial upgrades
2: so i've been lack of a better term though, i've been crapping on cn maestro for quite some time in that it is it takes a very different configuration approach Compared to Unify, you know, if I want to build and configure a bunch of units uh, for a Wi-Fi deployment, um, you know, Unified's nice, pretty GUI. I can do this. I can do that. Um, you know, there's a bunch of options I can click. Do I want to do this or do I want to do that? And you know, type in a password, and away you go. Uh, historically, CN Maestro has been drop the text config of what you want in the box, and I'll make it happen. don't really help you figure out what it is that you want to do Um, however i was running on a i was running on cn maestro version 1.61 um which was old um a year and some change ago when i tried to upgrade the last time it was very old at that time uh On CN Maestro, I know it's really old version. Maybe they've made it better. So uh, last weekend, I spent most of the weekend upgrading my—not that I just sat here watching it all day—but most of the weekend upgrading my CN Maestro installations. Um, because there's a series, like you know, uh, I forget what the word is now, but uh, you know, for upgrading in a specific order. Uh, an upgrade progression where i had to go from what i had to version sequential yes um from what i had to one point six point three and then from there to whatever and on and on and on and the the problem with that was is that um they distributed like the major version as an you know OVA, which is fine. I love OVAs because they're very easy, Just click, install, done. Um, except for at some point they decided to start. But um, like they've done something. It's actually kind of interesting. It looks kind of like you'd find out in a lot of networking gear: uh, dual partitions, and they will tell you, you know, this version of CMS was is in partition one, and this version of C is in partition two and they want you to upgrade through the web GUI. The problem is that now you're gonna upload a three gig OVA into the CN Maestro uh, web server, which kept failing. Okay, well, I found in the instructions there was a CLI command you could run. So I would run that, except I couldn't actually get the file into the server, you know, through, uh, you know, SFTP. So I look, and the folder that they put the files that you upload in, or the, not the folder, the file system, wasn't large enough to accommodate the 3GIG OVA that I was uploading. Um, Which I found it quite odd that the supported way, it wouldn't make the file system large enough um, to accommodate it. So, uh, I had to, uh, create, now they had 60 some odd gigs free on an, a different file system. So I had to create a path over there, uh, give it rights to the, the user that then would, cause you had to be a certain user then to do the upgrade, which didn't have permissions to the other file system. So there was a bunch of back and forth I'd do to finally get it in there. But I've, uh, worked my way up to version three, um, it's better there's more stuff it's not what i'm looking for but but before i complain too much on it i i have to give it some you know some honest time to uh take it, you know what it is because that's the thing unify has going for it. it it is stupid simple to operate um and you know yeah i've been using MicroTick for 20 years um you know almost 20 years I guess and um, so it's not that I can't handle a complicated system it's (laughs) finding other people to work a system is much easier when the system itself is much easier Um, you know if I want so you know a CSR level person to be able to look and see hey what's you know customers called in I can go look to see what's what's wrong before I tell somebody, hey, this is broken. You know, can I do that on CN Maestro? No. A Microtik? No. Mm-hmm. On Unify? Yeah, they could. So for me to not use Unify for my managed uh, you know, infrastructure offerings that I do, I'd have to hire a, you know, an actual network engineer to do frontline customer support because I couldn't expect, you know, or be Nick Arlano and completely build my whole dashboard front end, you know, to front end every little system and present in a nice, pretty way. I'm not that guy. Um, (laughs) You people are. But uh, so either it's build my own system to API call everything to figure it out um or just use unify or hire smarter people but smarter people are more expensive and harder to find
0: yeah we all know your number one attribute is how cheap you are so makes sense. well
2: i just i just just look it up to my idol (laughs) no but (laughs) i know but like you know like you know um it's been hard for us, you know, just you know, even being just outside of Chicago, it's like, which might actually be worse because all the smart people, other than Nick Arlano and myself, um, have gone to Chicago, but we're not far enough away where it's like, you know, Chicago is really far away, so I'm just gonna stay here. Um, so there's kind of a brain drain in this area of smart people, and so finding sysadmins, network engineers is difficult. Um, you know, even, you know, in the, in the, in the town that the office is in, the median income is like 45,000 or so, 40, 45,000. So it's not an expensive place to be. And we were offering 80. Couldn't get anything. Hmm. You what know, You know, offering almost double what the, you know, median household income was for one person and we were getting help desk jockeys. And I was like, no, I want a guy that's turnkey. I want, here it is, you know, here's a manual for this platform, because you haven't used the platform, now work, um, and most people aren't there. Hmm. So I need a system that's easy.
0: Yeah, makes sense. You know, that's interesting. So you'd basically have to fight Chicago for somebody. So you'd have to find somebody. I mean, do you want somebody physically there? So you'd have to have them physically move so they could touch poke and prod things. Or are you looking for a remote?
2: Um, remote is fine. I, I do want somebody that can actually, you know, the server's broken. Go fix this. Yo, yo, go, go physically reboot the server because I'm, you know busy doing something you know higher level. Um, so but like you know, they could work from home as long as home is close enough. Um, but like you know, hiring somebody from the Philippines wouldn't really right. work.
0: That's much good.
2: Um, and um, yeah, like you know, I like to think that if I was farther away that like you know the smart people wouldn't want to move too far away. You because know, it's like, oh well, you know, you know, they believe in their family and their friends and so on, so they just stay where they are, which is probably why there's a lot of you know, how a lot of rural wisps have come to be, and that, you know, they were the smart IT guy in the area and he did you know and they didn't want to leave their family and friends, so they started a wisp. Um That's what I did. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, uh, but like, you know, I'm you know one-hour drive from my house and I am in downtown Chicago so it's like so it's like well you know I can stay here and go work anywhere in the Chicago suburbs and make a lot more than 80,000 you know I'm not competing with the area I'm competing with you know Google or whoever else has an office in Chicago or you know the the you know law firm that has you know Four hundred attorneys, or insert whatever you know, big company that's in the suburbs. That's what I'm competing with. I'm not competing with, you know, the, you know, pork slaughterhouse down the street. Um,
0: so proximity is your
2: enemy, is what you're saying. In this case, yeah. Hmm, um, at least that's my current hypothesis. Uh, I guess I won't really know until I get somebody else in well i did hire one other guy he's from a few states away um and he actually relocated but uh i need more than that so
0: yeah fair enough all right well you heard it mike's putting out a call go work for him uh while we're talking about uh people and the reasons they start doing the stuff they're doing i was thinking this would be a good opportunity for us to probe andrew and uh, learn a little bit about his background and what actually brought him to, uh, I guess, find the group and uh, participate in all that good stuff. Thinking about it now, I don't remember how
1: I found, I think I just saw online looking at Spotify, I found a podcast, found Slack, I'm like, oh, great. And that that alone was really what kind of drove this dream of we have a couple of competitors in our area. We have municipal fiber from the county, very expensive for the people who want to provide the fiber because you are a reseller paying retail rates, selling retail. It's, it, it's frustrating. And then you have your big cable companies, telephone companies, and that's really it. So I figured, you know, why don't I just go and get fiber and put it up on a building and sell it to people? That's where it started. And that's this kind of where this has been two and a half years in the works with Brandy, getting to know the community a bit more. I've lived here most of my life. Uh, I moved away for a couple of years and I came back. And I'm like, I got to do something other than I'm here to fix your computer or hook up your network or, you know, it's a small town. So there's there's a lot of work here. And the internet, it sucks. It's no fun. <laughs> so I wanted to do something about it. And so far, we've lit up uh, one customer as a reseller, and we have a point-to-point go to another business. So that now takes money to go and actually run our own
0: in light up our building. So slow process,
1: but, you know,
0: getting there. All right. So you make it sound like your background is doing, like, PC support, network support, that kind of stuff? Yeah. 21 years in IT. All right. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and if you're still if you're still taking those frontline calls and going and doing that stuff, yep. you are uh, a better yep. man than me. I, you gotta you gotta
1: roll up your your pant legs and you gotta put your boxing gloves on <laughs> and you gotta know you've got the Karens out there and everyone else. They're gonna get mad, but at the end of the day, you know, people are people, and as long as you know their service doesn't go down, which we try very hard for that not to happen, but you know, sometimes it does. Not yet. And um, pricing, being fair, um, small community, local, um, you're calling someone in your own town, not 15 doors down, states down. So I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, um, community broadband, I guess, would be a a good word for it. I I think it should exist everywhere. So one of our goals is as we build this cookie cutter and the different vendors, big telecoms we're working with, we want to go and cookie cutter it everywhere and say, hey, uh, George, out of, you know, middle vocal home or whatever hey we found fiber for you do you want to you know go sort of wisp
0: attention so are you doing kind of like an msp slash wisp thing yeah yeah, yeah so yeah you're going to be so kind of it's... a one-stop shop then
1: yeah, but I want to find other people to become one-stop shops too. It's like let's let's share this model. Let's let's share it because it's about community, right? If if you can get your community to to survive through this pandemic and everything, uh, as as an internet provider, computer repair, why can't anyone else do it? Just give them the tools and show them how to do it. So it's kind of one of our goals is we like to educate our
0: customers and they take advantage of this. That's cool, man. That sounds sort of like the yeah. um, open source mentality. Right, it's like yeah, develop a yeah. system. Mm. I'll share it with the world. I'm still yeah. selling it. You can still buy from me. But yeah. here it is. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty noble. Aren't you afraid your yeah. uh, your guy next door is gonna steal your formula and sell it out from underneath you?
1: No, because your customer service is is where you win. Yeah. If if you serve people and you take care of them and your real and your network comes first and your customers come at the same second, but at the same time <laughs> they come first, then you'll do well. Yeah. So we you know, strive to do well and understand that sometimes trees fall down and things break and you know there's backups to make sure that doesn't happen. But it's it's a real challenge because you got to hit a price point where you're not crazy high and you're not super low because you can't oversell yourself or undersell yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's um, uh, something uh, somebody said to me a long time ago is it's man I don't want to leave any money on the table, right? It's like uh, no. like like in business, you know, you want to try and get as much possible profit as you can out of it but when you're you're dealing with end users i mean one you've got to compete with the big guys and generally that's not so hard to do especially like doing the wireless stuff right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. um but the fiber is a little
1: tougher though yeah but you've got the you've got the open access but then we sell an open access but then i don't it's it's tough because you sell wireless one price and you sell fiber another price because you have Mm to 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 make money it's like how do you explain it to people? It's like, yeah, I can do fiber, but you're gonna pay the same bandwidth cost as the wireless. But we can do you a deal. Well, we'll give you a bigger port, sort of deal. So it it works out. That's that's kind of the idea. Um, it's it's a challenge though when you've you've got you know big telecom and big pockets and
0: you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, if the I uh, it. I like if the I like, big guys know, like are fight. kind of subpar in your area, that always helps your uh, your marketing as well, right? Yeah.
1: And they're kind of helping out, too. That's that's the weird part about it is you you get people like, you know, the big lumens of the world say, what do you want to do? I need this to go here. Yeah, we got you here. Here's some money. Oh, you okay. So it just it just happened. And that's kind of where I've been. And now we're, we are like, I'd say 75% from lighting up our 10 gig hub because we already have a 1 gig commit. Now we're going to go to 10. And then once we hit 10, we'll go to 100.
0: That's cool. See, you, That's cool. I yeah. was getting uh, pricing on uh, a new service in a new area. And uh, the carrier was like, you know, the guy I'm using to, to get the fiber out there, you know, that's just going yeah. to be transported or whatever. Uh, they were like, yeah, it's actually, we got to do a pretty good bit of construction. So the base, we're going to have to really charge you. It's like they have this formula they have to follow. It's like, we're going to look at this. <laughs> He's like, so we could give you five gig with a free 10 gig upgrade. And I said, uh. Well, why don't you just say it's ten gig? He goes because it's five gig with a ten gig upgrade. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like that's that's what I had to do. Just call it and ten, dummy. It <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It's don't, they don't want me to. It's like the cost of tens. Like, yeah, you're like you're double what you're paying, probably higher because you're going ten. But yeah, here's your five gig commitment on ten gig. I'll take it, and all I have to do is say just block it at five gig. I figure five gigs good to last for a while. Oh, well, these guys they're just can, giving
0: me the full ten. I think it was, I think it was <laughs> like a paperwork thing, right? It's like they yeah. had to like construct oh. it on paper in that fashion for it Big, to work.
1: Big telecom that has a meeting for a meeting for a meeting about the meeting.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. I was like, whatever, dude. All right. Like if this is, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I saw the breakdown and it's legitimate and I saw like where their pop was in relation and this place is really rocky. So it's going to be hellacious to get the build in there anyway at that distance. So I was like, oh, you know, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah 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 i was trying to think you know it's like you know to the end customer is like obviously you know i wanted to be able to ramp it that's what i always try and do right is like when you mm-hmm. when like uh mdu first starts they're not gonna have full occupancy day one right it like takes time so if i can start with a smaller price tag and then ramp that up as needed it's so much easier to sell the service or, yeah. or to sell myself you know um yeah but i was thinking well this is a marketing opportunity. They could say they've got ten gig to the property and I can have ten gig distribution everywhere and give everybody a full yeah. you know, So I don't know. That's how
1: we look at it too. It's like if we can give you ten gig and you ten gig and you ten gig, everyone else wants ten gig.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's uh <laughs> let's use it as a marketing opportunity. I'm still yeah, absolutely the project apparently got pushed a little bit. So uh I haven't gotten in front wow. of them to talk. All I was able to do was just deliver numbers, so supposedly next week maybe or the week after of course is it pretty far away the property you're doing oh There's yeah it's like two and a half hours away from me so wow so yeah that's cool wow. yeah it's it's just on the edge of like i don't want to drive that so <laughs>
2: you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah.
0: five hours to change an optic or something is not exactly what I'm i
2: do 90
1: do. minutes 90 minutes the max will do it's like i'm on the edge of the county yeah i can go over a bridge but I'm not going to go to the city. I'm sorry. You can go find someone yeah. over there.
0: <laughs> I will, quite literally, pick up service in another state if somebody wants to ah. to pay me to do it. It's lucrative enough, and I can get people in that area because that's what I'm doing yeah. now. I'm just like paying paying other folks to to go out there and do it. You know, is it? Well, I mean, yeah. every now and then I'll have one of my guys like actually jump in the car and, and head that way. So, mm-hmm. uh, I prefer to just have somebody local if I possibly can. They're they're teasing that uh something might come up in like new mexico or arizona i was like yeah sure okay yeah. <laughs> am i going to be personally doing it will. i'm not going to be turning the wrenches yeah. but yeah sure we could do the service out there yeah. yeah
1: yeah you know eventually we'll have internet everywhere so it's only a matter of time yeah you know, there's going to be many many thousands i i hope thousands and thousands and thousands of isps i mean like ten thousand in the u.s w- why can't it be um than the business yeah. a lot of smart kids out there
0: yeah for sure for sure we'll see uh yeah. hopefully uh hopefully <laughs> not now, too many part. smart kids because <laughs> i don't want them to start doing all the, yeah. the don't take all my business yet <laughs> well you know
1: as i learned is um because i've got a couple business partners one of them, he's younger obviously so the the generational gap we have is like uh it's frustrating sometimes but it's it's the way it is and you just kind of have to learn a people yeah and understand them and work that way
0: yeah it seems to me like a lot of it too is um it's not lack of talent a lack of like motivation and um yeah wanting to take on the stress associated with doing this kind of stuff because mm-hmm. uh it's it's definitely not the <laughs> easiest thing especially when it's all on your back you know and yeah, you know, if things go wrong, you got nobody else to call, so you gotta, you know, I mean, yep. you gotta take care of yourself. And so, not everybody wants to take that on. Some people want to just yeah. move to Chicago, right, Mikey, and then have somebody else, you know, yeah. do most of the uh, stressful, heavy lifting. And you just come and punch a clock. Which I enjoy that. I like that. I like the, I like the, the discipline of I have to get out of bed today. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. I get. I've heard the one of the best motivators for that is to get a dog without a doggy door. So it'll <laughs> definitely get you up in the morning to uh, mm-hmm. take care of business. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So uh, yeah, you are kind of just getting going. We've kind of watched you from yeah. uh, when you yeah. were like working on some of your marketing stuff, some of your infrastructure yeah. pieces. And now you've, yeah. uh, I think a lot of us celebrated with you when you got your first customer. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was like,
1: yes, we got them and we made a profit on it. It's like, cool, we broke even on the first circuit. So the second one, we have enough in the works now. Well, we'll break even before we even let our first customer. That's
0: baller, man nice
2: you
1: just go from nice. there but yeah we've got some legal contracts to work out with the building owner you know i want i want 15 years of this building and i want you know it's my rooftop and my basement and you can't have it because otherwise they would already be on there but access to the rooftop's kind of difficult it's a hatch 20 feet up on the third floor no ladder
0: <laughs> so so you get to bring your own well it's not like you're gonna have to be up there too frequent yeah. anyway
1: well, things go down, things break. I I look in your channel, I I watch the dis or, I watch the slack, and I'm like, oh, well, what well, went sideways? <laughs> Wind, you know, things fall over. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Or lightning, or rain, or a maintenance guy goes up there and does something. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's always something. Yeah, there's always something, but
1: you got to prepare for it. Yeah. You have to know that that could happen. So, it's it's taking time, but you know we're doing it slow and. Doing it the right way and doing it really for a community, and there's a lot of people on board. It's more a lot of people. They're like, "Well, how do I try it, Mike? You have a hundred grand. <laughs> 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 you can try it, <laughs> sure. No, well, it's, it's expensive, but you know, it's once you get past that build cost of running out that you know, twenty-four pair fiber, then it's it's smooth sailing." but it's going to take a couple of years. So I figure, you know, within 3 years, we should be able to drop our expenses and then offer higher speeds at the same rate, ideally. That's cool,
0: man. Well, or higher speeds. It depends. Maybe we'll get DOCSIS 4.0 someday. I doubt it. <laughs> Not out here. Yeah, I just say they so uh, as many times as people complain are like, we're we've reached the limit of this copper. They keep coming up with new ways of uh extending the life yeah. of it. So who knows, but Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. definitely that's cool. Like, uh, like how fast are you guys anticipating on growing? I mean, we're right here at the end of the year, but uh, we're, we're going to grow slow. We're not going to grow super fast because
1: realistically, how many customers kind of light up a day? How many holes in the wall can I drill and run a cable and staple it and contract and this and that? And that usually takes time. It's, it's usually about four hours a customer doing. We, we install a lot of networks too. So we'll put these these lovely UFOs or frisbees mm-hmm. in people's houses. I'm actually selling them all and they're going away because I'm just, it was fun ubiquity, but I got to go. <laughs> I can't handle you anymore <laughs> there, or we're breaking up. So uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, Q panels and whatnot. So, you know, as the wireless part of it comes, it's like, okay, we've got this down. Wow,
0: it really sounds like you guys are doing kind of, um, almost like a white glove treatment on your installs. Yeah, wow.
1: yeah, and it really is too. And to me, if I'm going to pay somebody for internet, it's you know, a couple hundred for an install, but you know, you're not getting garbage. You're going to get someone who is like, hey, I'm having an issue. Well, you're not going to have an issue. Help. <laughs> we don't know though. You know, RF is a crazy world and I'm learning a little bit about it every day
0: yeah yeah i um i don't even pretend to be an rf engineer like most of the guys in there uh are so (laughs) i i definitely reach out to them whatever it's it's also it's one of those things if you do it as infrequent as i do i forget everything in between (laughs) so it's nice to have resources to just kind of poke at people and ask them quick questions we
1: we figured we we build it slow. We've got all of our base foundation done. We're kind of to the point where we're almost ready to open the doors, but not yet. So we got to figure out the customer's CP end. Um, we got a call next week with Calix to talk about their Wi-Fi 6AEX equipment, where it broadcasts between antennas with 6 and 2.4 and 5 on the client side. And the entry level market was like a couple hundred bucks for the base and the pucks were just a hundred bucks. I'm like, wait a second. But they use the C word cloud and I'm like, oh
2: Calix, Calix, loves their cloud. I almost almost as much as they love billing you for it. <laughs>
1: it's not cheap. It that's that's one of the things too. I'm like, okay, at least you're free you're not free. So if you get hacked, then well, hopefully you don't. <laughs> I, I worry about things like that, but should I worry about it? I, th- I think I'm, I might be in good hands. So we're going to try them out and see what they might have to offer. But we're to the point where it's like, okay, let's try some stuff. Microtick, it's it's good. It's good hardware. It, it configuration, though, unless you've got a deployment system down, it, it takes a bit. And I, I need to use hardware that's been proven and tested and works. I don't want to play the game of, yeah, we're going to give you new routers next year because we goofed. <laughs>
0: Well, so let's just say, yeah. um, your first few customers are probably going to be getting pigs anyway. And at the at the pace you're going, and they
1: are they're, half, yeah, they love it. They're like, I can a half gig down on my wireless. mic. Like, well, I'd
0: hope so. Yeah, as you say, at the at the pace you're going, you should be able to to get a good feel for yeah. things. You know I mean, yeah. like if you start going, you know. 200 installs a month, you know, things could theoretically get away from you. And, you you know, it's like uh, if you need to, you know, switch gears all of a sudden, that could be difficult. But, you know,
1: some satellite installers that come help here, drill this hole, run this cable here, hook that up. So that's, you know, I thought about that. And then, uh, of course, for customer service, there's like um, some companies out there. Wisp Assist, I think is one of the biggest ones out there. And they've got amazing customer service. And to me, to answer the phone and to say, yeah, hey, we got you. We're we're good. It's you're having an issue. We're going to take care of you. It's how you talk to your customers. And it's really important to me that they're treated like they're royalty and not another number when you call your any other company. In my experience, at least, I don't. I don't know any of the ISPs and what I've actually personally used, but I haven't been very happy with the response. Unless you're on the enterprise level, then they're like, "Yeah, got you. Okay, okay, you're good. Oh, cool, <laughs> stuff like that." You know. So the, when you're dealing with like fiber circuits for uh, you know DIA, and it's it's just that kind of level of support I appreciate. It's like, wow, I call it three in the morning, just thinking, "Why do, oh you have a whole department of people who do this? Great, I like this." <laughs> So there's something to be said about leasing your fiber rather than building it and running your own. Because when it breaks, I don't want to be out there at two o'clock in the morning and the pouring down rain and wind in the Pacific Northwest,
0: trying to splice fiber back together mm-hmm. or doing your own locates or having to manage that stuff. such yeah. a butt. I want to,
1: I want to watch someone else do it and learn how to do it. Cause I ultimately want to do that for my life. It's like, okay, let the ISP build itself. But I think fiber is the future. I, I think you're that's, you connect fiber to things that go fast, like 5G, 6G, 7G, whatever generation we'll be in, in the next 50 years. we be 50G before you know it.
0: <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah, I mean, fiber definitely is the future. Whether I want to maintain all that infrastructure myself, only when it makes sense. Because, uh, like, if yes. I'm going to start doing, like, onesies, twosies, like, I'm going to do one in Arizona, and then one in, the, it's like, I don't want to maintain fiber plants no. in those crazy disparate areas. But if I have high density yeah. in one area, like multiple properties, mm-hmm. to me, that, that yes. makes sense. And then I can have sure. some local resources, maybe have a, a locate company that just have a couple of phone numbers I can call for emergency yep. splice, <laughs> just yeah. in yeah. case yeah just in case
1: because those kind of things do happen like cool it's christmas eve and something broke what do we do
0: yeah i mean it's been so many i've had so many i've had the christmas
1: eve phone calls and they're not fun to do
0: it's like (sighs) yeah yeah definitely not fun yeah i've uh i remember missing christmas dinner uh one time at my uh, in-laws house i wasn't super (laughs) mad about it but that yeah 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 stuff happens
1: it, it does and and it's kind of when when you run a business you have to be responsible ultimately for your staff and your customers and the, it takes a lot of stress to do that and i have i have business colleagues i work with who want to put the shoes on but they're not willing to put both shoes on it's like you you can't go one way and you got you got to go both shoes in you you have to answer your phone text ports Andrew at you know, two o'clock in the morning i've done that before i've, I've played that game for too many decades and I don't mind it, especially when it's my own. This is something that I've created that I've put together and spent years to yeah. provide. And I don't mind helping out. That's my problem is I, I like to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Oof, good for you, man. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I've, I think I, I would be um, perfectly happy never taking another support call. Having said that, I do the bulk majority of my support calls. And you know what, it's not, <laughs> it's not that, bad it really isn't no um it's just yeah <laughs> like when there's a lot of them i uh yeah not, i'm not a big fan but i've i've gotten my system tuned and tweaked down to where mm-hmm. like i got a i got the last support call i had was uh hey whenever i turn the tv on everything goes black like even when i try and uh, uh, do the volume and stuff doesn't work i was like um well if the internet to the tv is having a problem Uh, I can help you with that but it sounds like the TVs work. she's like yeah that's what I told the manager but they said to call you I was like uh nope they put the TVs in (laughs) they they manage all of them because like they're pre furnished units she's like okay I'll put a ticket back in so I was like wow all right that was an easy I don't don't touch TV
1: TV's a no no it's like I don't even want to deal with it phone I give to somebody else and then internet can handle that
0: yeah why just do the internet to these places <laughs> it's
1: like, oh so, wow so you get the calls about the tv even though you just the isp
0: yeah like oh i'm connecting the tv wirelessly to the well that's because it's an apartment complex and so i manage I even the wireless ap they have in there so if they have any internet problems okay. they give me a shout but it's to be honest it's the that's built-in the it tvs no. that they got like the bottom of the basement cheap ones that they put in <laughs> That's where the majority oh. of the calls come from, and I even put in, um, I put a call handler in, uh, that walks them through the basic troubleshooting steps for their TV before <laughs> they ever get through this support line. So, but it's only yeah. it's only like ten seconds because, like, ninety percent of the calls, or maybe more, I was getting, were all about those damn TVs, and now, yeah, that you know that it gets taken care of, so I don't have to answer.
1: I spent four years as um, with a colocation company as the, the director of customer service, so I I heard it all. I've got lots of colorful language and called many creative things. It's like, I haven't thought of that one yet, but uh, thank you for the uh, the creative comment.
0: <laughs> Hang on one second, let me get someone to help. Colo <laughs> like a like a data center. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's interesting. I did about thirteen years yeah, well. with a colo group. So, wow. I did seven. I was like, okay, I can do my own. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was doing network yeah, engineering. So I wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. taking those front frontline calls. Yeah. Well, it was more it. of a, Hey, when you're
1: doing deal with the customers, um, can you go and train some new support people? And we need this new salesperson. Okay. Let me let me switch hats real quick. Yeah. I don't know how much hair left, but I'm yeah. getting there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so. One of the, the biggest uh, things we always pointed out at the end of your job description, it always said other duties as assigned. So <laughs> there were a lot of other duties. So you did a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah and not about yeah. for you, but for us, we did a ton of pre-sales work. So we were like the pre-sales engineers. Mm-hmm. Did you guys actually have sales engineers?
1: Um, no, it was, it was I answered the phone and sold them, you know, a rack of servers because they wanted to host XYZ. Oh, okay. Like how much you want to spend? All right, cool. Uh, I still make profit. That's a good deal. Let's do All this. All right, so
0: you actually were like a what? sales guy.
1: Yeah, Where I sales, did and then I did support, okay. and then I did management, and then I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm gonna do some video stuff, so I did video stuff, and then I just like, I I don't want to do any of this anymore. I'm gonna go back to computer repair because I love my people, love the community. I have customers who call me just because they want me to come and ha- basically hang out with them. It's like, uh, uh, okay, cool. Hey, can you bring your kid too? Because she's entertaining. Sure. <laughs> so I got no complaints. I'm like, you know, they're old retired people in their 70s and 80s. So you know, oh
0: my gosh,
1: I think there's yeah, it's 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 interesting community. And then you got the young people who live in here. So you you know, you get a there's a high school, um, two elementary schools and middle schools. So there's a lot of families here. So there's a lot of I stepped on my laptop. I broke my laptop. I you know. That's that's mainly what I do for work is all break fix computer repair come run wire here fix this BIOS this that, and so I'm now getting into the wireless world and it's it's kind of it's frustrating
0: because it's really hard it's not easy, wireless is tough mm, it is exceptionally tough, but what got me about it and why I don't want to be in the wireless game I want I want to be in the fiber <laughs> game and all the infrastructure <laughs> associated with that um, is that. Even though you have it working perfect today, tomorrow something mm-hmm. might come along that screws everything up. You know, a neighbor yeah. puts up a router, uh, you know, or, or a wireless AP that's yep. you know screws up your channel planning, and or you know just the weather will screw you up. Or and it's like, geez, yeah. I just you know, it's like that. You're just like it feels like you're always troubleshooting. Like there's no there's no like known quantities on that stuff.
1: Well, when you go and give routers to all the neighbors, and you are the ISP then I think there's a little more control there. I don't know how well that work out because the big cable companies have these little boxes that they plug their doxus into, and they scream, and they're loud, and you can't turn off the radios. You can only disable them. From, you know, it's like, come on. So there's a lot of challenges there when I have an access point in the middle of a room and they want signal in the back corner, but for some reason the signal's all leaking that way. We can't figure out why. You turn the router, it's like, okay, that one's better. Don't move your router. Leave it right there. <laughs> In fact, let's put it in the microwave and just a Faraday cage around it, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand that challenge all too well. But, yeah, fiber, like you said, is really something I'd love to do. I've, I've seen demos of fiber where they wrap around nails and make shoelaces and tie stuff with it. It's like, that's cool. How much is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> if exploring alternatives. Yeah, yeah. But to me, pulling wire through a, a wall, I'd love to run some of that flexible you know, fiber to some, you know, from a main bedroom or a cue panel out to you know, wherever, and put switches in later with fiber. And people, why do you do that? It's the future. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, fine. You, know, you look at the data center world, right? It's like let's bring it to the residential world. Let's bring that internet experience where you're four hops from the world. Let's not play this game of twenty-two hops to Google.
0: Come on. Mm. Well. People like Mikey out in BFE, I assume uh, you don't have a lot of options, but it's getting better January. all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd like to have fiber to my house, but
0: it's three and a half miles and I don't kind of kind cost of prohibitive. <laughs> yep. All right, fellas. We're at about an hour and a half. So normally this is where we stick a fork in it. What do you say? Was, uh say you have any uh, anything burning that you really need to get off your chest? I got one all
2: more right. thing to complain about. right, let's hear about. it, Mikey. so uh, I saw on Nanog alright I guess we're done with Mikey
0: he saw Nanog and then uh, he went away I
2: should be back alright you're
0: back so what'd
2: you say at Nanog uh, on the Nanog list uh, somebody uh, (laughs) sent out uh, IETF um, has has a proposal in front of them now to convert most of 127 slash 8 into usable IP space. You know, not not loopback reserved, whatever it's allocated for now. Um, and there's seems like every so often there's a new proposal on how to reclaim some unused IPv4 space, and uh, this thread has been full of them, talking about anything from just you know. MIT has a million IP addresses. What do you need all those for? Let's, you know, let's take those back. And you know, 240 slash four, I think, is not being used for anything. Um, so let's take that back. Um, and that sounds all fine and dandy, but um, a lot of those are. Things that uh, your products over the years have coded into hardware, you know, there's an ASIC that has 127 8 is not a routable IP space or so on or so on. So there's an incredible amount of work to take IP space that traditionally has not been available for everybody and make it available for everybody. Um... I mean, just, you know, having to replace hardware, having to update software, having to, you know, QC, all of those things. And to what end? Um, uh, I guess at towards the end, we were assigning a slash 8 of IP space every month. So, 127 slash 8. Well, almost all of it i think they're keeping back a slash 16 of that for uh for loopback so you don't even get a month you're gonna do all of that work to not get one month of ipv4 space i that's another fun challenge like okay <laughs> so 20 years ago 25 years ago 30 years ago okay you know, let's take that 240-4, let's take that one twenty seven slash 8 and reallocate it. But at this point, you're just wasting time. Because um, <laughs> really, I mean, because how long is it going to take to go through the IETF process to be formalized? Then for software, hardware manufacturers to rebuild new products to take advantage of that um you know windows xp supports ipv6 so, I'd be so you're running X-
0: all uh run xp uh sure i saw some article no. that was saying like 60 percent of people or maybe more in like kazakhstan all use windows xp
2: i'm sure there's a lot of areas where uh uh, legalities are a bit looser, and so they just they all stole it and <laughs> they use. I worked on a windows ninety eight machine
1: recently. It's quite old. It ran an embroidery machine.
0: Oh, nice
2: yeah hardware failure. <laughs> who would have thought um, on the board <laughs> but um, yeah, and so. I mean, obviously we're not, you know, the, the, the chances of, uh, people important at the IETF, uh, are probably not listening to our podcast. Um, so I can't really speak to them, but, um, you know, for those of you that think this is a good idea because IPV4 is great and you want more of it, uh, keep in mind that there's an enormous hill to climb to take any of these reserved spaces. And make them available um and for what how long do you get to use it um you know somebody taught you know reclaiming all of the dod ip space because um, a lot of people think that just because it's, it's not in the global internet means it's not being used which isn't correct but reclaiming all of the dod space i'm not sure how much they have on top of my head but it's not a year's worth you know you know are there 12 slash 8s worth of dod space maybe but in a year you're gonna have the same problem again
0: did you comment on that uh Nandong thread no <laughs> um,
2: coward i did not well, well you know i figured there were many more qualified people than i to argue this and actually I'm not even like right now I just keep right clicking on a thread and mark all as read Cause it's like, it's past 20 or 30 messages in a conversation. You're, you're you've, you've gotten everything constructive you're going to get. Um, well, 95% of it. And I'm not interested in the long tail, but, um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, so go back to the you know, emails earlier. You know, your network sucks because you don't run V6. Yeah, I don't have it on mine. Yeah. Well, I one of mine. Other ones I do. As I was say, I don't have a
0: dog uh, in that fight. I want to run V6 in a couple of my networks, but the upstreams don't support it. So it's like, well, what good is that going to do me then?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I have an upstream constraint on, on one of them as well. Um, but... uh we may be changing some things there to solve that. But, um, that's the thing is that like, you know, earlier, one of my complaints was about Nat. Um, well in a V six world, it, that's, that's not a problem. You know, lots of people complaining about Xboxes and this and that, and you know, it's getting more and more common seeing people asking, you know, if I've got on my, you know, you know, you know, all these customers on this net. How do I figure out who has what IP when I get a subpoena, or like you know, on this day at this time, you know, who was doing what? How do I figure that out? Well, if you had V six, I mean, not to say that that problem totally goes away because they could do crimes on V four, but yeah. in the V six world, it's, don't worry about it. Yeah, I guess.
0: We we just
1: lease our V4, and there's places you can actually lease like slash nineteen for you know, a couple grand to eat, uh, a month. But you worry what's going to happen in five years when those prices all go <laughs> like
2: oh. They oh I, I mean I was I was recently working on a project that didn't didn't end up panning out, um, uh, which I was disappointed in, but um. We were potentially going to um, Be spitting up a lot of fiber customers and um, And I'm you know so far I've uh, you know, everybody has the public IP Um, You know now it may be you know They uh, They may not have direct control of it because I'm you know, I'm routing it at their router and adding it there so they may not have it directly on their device, but only one person has their IP. I looked at, oh yeah, okay, so what does it cost for me to buy IPs um so that I can have uh one IP per person. And it was like I was thinking back to oh yeah, you know, it it, it was five bucks an IP, you know, at, at auction, you know, it went up to ten and 15 you know maybe we're getting close to 20 and when I looked it was 55 dollars per IP address to purchase them um, yeah. and so now looking at an IP block large enough let me just see just look limited to Aaron a slash 19 oh that's actually gone down a little bit four hundred and five thousand dollars Four hundred thirty thousand dollars for a slash 19. um and i think i was gonna need an 18. so i was like so I'll, you know at, i was like looking at almost a million dollars for ips wow you know making sure that everything end to end supports v6 and uh buying some fortinet boxes to do some of that uh, cg net sounds pretty cheap all <laughs> of a sudden to a million, yeah yeah we are million dollars to buy ips i have one carrier
1: who gives us ips for free but other ones they're not so free
0: (laughs) yeah yeah free it's kind of like um what do you call that like golden handcuffs you know because yeah you're trapped with them you know you can't really go anywhere here's your bill (laughs) yeah all right fellas well i got some stuff i gotta go run and do so let's uh let's wrap it up uh mikey if folks out on the internet want to get a hold of you how would they go about doing that
2: um, well, you can reach me at uh, employment at dna communications.com. <laughs> Brilliant move.
0: Nobody will catch on, Mike. <laughs> 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 All right. Andrew, if uh, people are curious about you and some of the projects you're doing and they want to get a hold of you out on the internet, what's the best way of doing that?
1: They're going to have to come to the Slack.
0: Uh-huh. all right check it all out all right fair enough you can find me on there yeah so that's patreon.com forward slash a brothers of yeah. andrew yeah. where yeah. he's releasing his secret formula for uh, all the stuff <laughs> he's uh... it's not secret
1: formula because <laughs> if you guys are giving this formula out it's how do you take it and stir around in the bowl and serve people to the point where they like your cupcake versus the other cupcake yeah. is all it really is yeah
0: yeah and it's really just a medium to uh figure out what ingredients everybody else is using and what's worked best for them and, and you know you can who wants to buy me out later yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure man everyone's got a number does your cupcake uh, bring the boys to the uh,
1: I know I have a cake that does that <laughs>
0: uh, fair enough you
1: have to upgrade right <laughs> all
0: right so you can find me at greg at gregzoll.com or you just go to gregzoll.com I got a little form in there where you can uh, hit me up where I very regularly blog now uh, let's see uh, you could also, probably the easiest way of grabbing hold of me is to go into the Brothers With Slack and just throw me a DM or at me anywhere. Um, I'm usually pretty responsive and I see that. I'm on, man, like a bunch of different Slack. So uh, I've always got it up. I'm always working in there. I'm always communicating through that. That's like my medium of choice nowadays. So uh, it used to be email. Email is, is pretty well dead to me unless it's something like official. Most of the time I like doing all that stuff through Slack nowadays. It's just... So much more efficient anyway i digress if you guys have any uh so of course mike sends me a slack um if you guys have any questions or comments or anything you'd like to see or have us talk about please reach out to us we actually really do listen uh thank you all for being here thank you andrew thank you mike i'll yeah, we'll see you guys next time so let me so click stop on all this stuff here.